are listening to Free Beers and a Movie. Nice. Hello, welcome to episode 60 of Free Beers and a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with Barry Neal. And we are once again at the Raven. Yes. Barry's looking very tired. Yes. Because you've only slept for like 20 minutes the past four days. At some point in my lifetime I will be able to have a solid <laughs> eight hours. <laughs> Well, thank you for making the epic move today. No, I don't. No, like I said, this was always on the cards. It's just I've agreed to do extra shifts and then people have jumped in and moved plans about. So I'm literally banking on getting to work at 10 o'clock, jumping in the truck, quickly driving for 15 minutes, parking it and sleeping until for, until about one-ish. Let's hope your employers do not hear that. Eh, who cares? They know the score. <laughs> so, like I said, we're once again, we're at the Raven on Renfrew Street in Glasgow. It is it is jumping tonight. It's jumping tonight compared to normal. Um, what are you drinking tonight, Barry? Cola. Because you're obviously driving tonight. Yes. Yes. Uh, I am on the Icelandic favourite that we have. Yes, our new favourite beer. Um, Einstock. Um, Olgero, I think it's called. Olgero. Yeah. Yep. It's an Icelandic Arctic pale ale, and it is lovely. It's very nice. Um, drink of choice. Drink of choice now, yeah, and they have it stocked. I'll hopefully get it on tap one day. Oh, It'd be oh, amazing. That would. Yeah, just drink pints of this from silly cans. But yes, we're on that. We love it. We like it. And we will have to try new stuff maybe next week. <laughs> Rather than going on the same stuff all, over, all the time. So, uh, so we'll start off as usual with the non-cinema viewing. So you've seen one, I've seen two, so I'll, I'll start off. Yes, bad um, First one I watched was a film called Raw. Okay. Which is a French movie, psychological horror, basically about a girl who goes to college. She's a very strict vegetarian, vegan family, very, very much in that vein as well. Okay. Um, when she goes to university, as part of the hazing ritual, she's forced to eat meat, and this sort of unlocks something within her where she craves meat on a like, on an animalistic level okay. to the point she wants to start eating people. Too far. It's, I mean, <laughs> the film itself is it's one of the toughest things I've sat through. Oh, really? I mean, brilliant. I, I thought it was excellent, but it is a tough watch. There are literally bits you make you go, that, no. Like, no, no, I'm checking out. Oh, no. But you, you feel compelled to continually walk through it. Uh-huh. Um, you are for a long time wondering where the story's going. Okay. It does reach a conclusion that it actually works really well. And once you watch it the first time, if you ever have the balls, literally go back and watch it a second time, there'll be a lot of stuff that will fall into place. You go, oh, that's. Yep, that yep. all kind of jigsaws together a lot better, it'll jigsaw together even more. And you, you maybe watch it again in a second light. Well, not going to watch it again is up for debate right now because it is a, it's simply it's a very raw experience watching it. It's got some of the most insane visuals you've ever seen in your life watching a film. Oh, yeah, I can imagine someone taking chunks out of people's arms and legs is going to be pretty horrific. Yeah, but it's done in a very non-horror way. It's not really okay. done as a horror movie. It's done more like as a psychological thriller with like, a lot of, kind of sexual overtones to it as well. Um, people eat people. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not. It's definitely like a, it's not like a bloodlust horror film. It's definitely done more of a, like a psychological element to it. Um, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was brilliant. I think it's a really brave movie. Mm-hmm. Everyone involved in it should go on to better things and, and interesting things as well. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they do. Um, it got a lot of press last year. Apparently people were like passed out in the cinema watching it and like thrown up in the cinema. And it can half the audience walked out and all that kind of stuff. So got all that kind of. Yeah hype around it and I can totally see why it got all that because it is it's an insane watch and where did you watch that? it was on Sky Movies okay so uh, if you get a chance to watch it on Sky Movies find it watch it really good magic 
Uh, what yourself? What you watch? Uh, it's just one this week for myself, and it's an uh, animation that's on uh, Amazon, and it's called April and the Extraordinary and the Extraordinary World. Okay. And um, it's done. Is it anime? Is it like sort of Western animation? What's the animation style? Definitely French animation. Right, okay, so it's, um, no. it, it's like Monster in Paris type one. Yes, yes. Okay. that kind of style. Right. Uh, very right. classical then. Yes. Uh, yeah, very kind of Tintin style. Right, okay, yeah. But not CGI. No, 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 no. no, no. All, no. all ha- like hand, hand drawn. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is. I don't know why I watched it. It was like one of those ones that just kept on appearing. Yeah. Recommended, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to stick this on. It's not particularly long, it's like just over the 90 minute mark. Right, yeah, yeah. Subtitles was a bit of a killer. You do have to kind of really pay attention because the dialogue is like moving all the time. Okay. Um, and the general premise is that it's uh, set in France in 1941, and all the scientists through the course of time have been getting kidnapped and disappeared, and just generally disappearing, like all the categories. So they're stuck in this weird era of steampunk, uh, steampunk-esque stroke kind of relying on like old-fashioned technology. So it's set World War One, World War Two though, isn't it set during World War Two? Yeah. Or, or, or is it an alternate history? It's like an alternate okay. history because who's uh, fighting? It's, uh, it's like it's either like Canada versus someone or America versus someone. Right. Okay. So Germany, so Germany, it's not Germany, France, or Germany, Britain. Ah, yes. Okay. So, but and it's. And then it's kind of set around this family. The mum and dad who are scientists, they disappear. And then it's up to the, uh, the girl and our cat to kind of try and track them down and find out what happened to them and what happened to all these other scientists. And she's uh, she ends up learning all about uh, chemistry and all that as they're trying to make a serum uh, for, like... Originally, it was to make, like, super soldiers for the okay. war. But ultimately, it ended up the scientists wanted it for themselves to make like you know infinite life. Okay. But it's just such a such a nice heartwarming animation. Yeah. And I was saying to you off like off mic like a few days ago, there's there's a real touching moment between the heart and our cat because uh-huh. uh, the cat talks as well. Okay. Obviously. Uh, because it's a failed experiment from right. before. Okay. Where they gave him some stuff and then he randomly started talking. Nice. Um. So. There's like a real touching moment when like he's like dying and you're like this is like I was proper like choking up yeah. as I was looking at my cat going, oh, God damn, you're black and white as well. I'm like, God <laughs> oh, damn it. But um, yeah, this is a cracking animation, like I really cannot fault it enough. Um, it's just a bit of fun really isn't it? I mean it's it's interesting, you know, also that there is animation out there that's not just um, American. Yes. You, you, you go to France, you go to like Europe, there is really good animation. Yeah, you go yeah. to like um, Russia's got it as well. You go to like obviously Japan and, and all the places, they've got animation as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's interesting to watch some of that stuff. It's a completely different take on the same art form. Mm. You know, sometimes you don't go for the total photo realism, they try and make it look more cartoony. Yeah. Um, film 4 right now is showing all the Studio Ghibli stuff just now. Oh, nice. So it's like you can see all the stuff they do. It's a, it is a completely different style animation to Pixar or to Disney, but completely. Completely valid in the same way. It's, a, it's using the art form in a different way. That's all it is. Um, you give what's it called? Now? It's called April and uh, Extraordinary World. It's a good. So where was it out? Quite recent. Uh, 2015. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been out for a while, but obviously this is the first time I've noticed it. Yeah. So oh, yeah, I'm going to give it seven out of ten because it's actually a good wee story and it. Nice. It's, 
just one of those things, if you've got, I don't know, just over 90 minutes to burn, bring it on, you will not be disappointed at all. Other French, it's weird you went with French film as well this week, uh-huh. um, but uh, another French animation is called My Life is a Courgette, okay. which uh, I saw at the cinema last year, it's only about 70 minutes, if, if 70 minutes, Yeah, yeah. it's like the uh, stop motion animation. Oh, nice. Really beautifully done as well, you get a chance to find out, look for it, really, really good film. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, the last one I watched at home this week was one called Game Over Man. Okay. Which is from the Netflix original, from the guys who did Workaholics TV yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. three guys yeah, yeah. Think Adam Levine or something, or Adam Devine. Uh, the, the, the chubby one. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> chubby one, the good looking one, and the one with the frizzy mad hair. Yes. Uh, the three of them. Um, essentially, sort of like, it's like kind of like die hard that they work. They, they basically work as um, maids, well, housekeepers in this hotel. People come and take over the hotel to try and kill uh, and extort a like, um, massive DJ type guy, or sort of like tech billionaire type guy, um, and they tr- and they're basically trying to stop that from happening because they get caught up in it all. Okay. And the hilarity and comedy ensues from that. Oh, nice. um, I had quite low hopes for it. I didn't think it looked that great, but sat and watched it, and I genuinely made me chuckle. Yeah, yeah. There is some really lowbrow humour in it, and you're going to go, oh, that's a lazy joke. But alongside that, there's a couple of really inspired moments. You go, that's really damn funny. I think, like, if it's like a sloppy joke, I find sometimes it's okay as long as it's in the context and it kind of suits the, the, like, the build up and the lead. Like, let's be honest, like, stuff like South Park, a lot of it is like sloppy toilet humour. Yeah. But it works. You know? if you, you've got to earn that there's, a, there's, a, yeah. there's like a toilet humour joke at the start of this um, that I don't think worked and I thought if, that, if this is the tone I'm going to go for for the rest of the film I'm not going to really enjoy it that much it's, it felt it just felt like they're trying to be kind of gross for gross's sake yeah yeah but they do that at first and then they kind of go for slightly better humour kind of cover humour they don't really go as kind of nasty as that they do then bring it back a little bit later on but it, it doesn't rely on that but no, it's like genuinely very funny at times. Um, it's only about again about 140, uh, an hour and 40, so it's pretty rapid. Um, but yeah, it's fun, decent standard comedy. Um, so if you look for something you sort of, you know, Friday night watching, definitely one for that. Where did you see that? Netflix, Netflix original. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think there's another one out as well coming out soon as well. But um, yeah, if you get a chance to find and watch that, definitely a decent new watch. Yep. That's something you can watch at home. Then we move on to the stuff at the cinema. Yes. Um, first one is uh, probably, I would say, the biggest hit of the week. Oh, easily. Easily. Um, it's called The Mech, um, directed by a guy called John Turtleup, who directed Cool Runnings. Mm-hmm. Also, National Treasure, one and two. Okay. And Las Vegas as well. Ah. So the one with the, the old guys yeah. from Vegas for the one yeah. night out. And also, he directed a John Travolta film called Phenomenon, which I can never say, but I really liked it. Pretty good film. Um, the plot of this film is that China, I think, or some built Chinese China and some tech billionaire are going to the bottom of the ocean to try and see what's there, if they can exploit it in some way. And yeah, they've kind of, they've been thinking that the bottom of the ocean might, the not, or might not be, be the, the bottom, bottom of the ocean. So that's what they're really doing. So they go down, they go down to the actual bottom of the ocean, and when they do that, they piss off a giant mega, megalodon. Yes, who comes to the surface and starts attacking people. At, Starts attacking them, yeah. and then it's up to Jason Statham to go and rescue them from the bottom of the ocean, and then kill the shark. Yes, that's essentially the plot. That is it. That is it. So in the film, you've got Jason Statham, you've got wonderfully named is it Bing Bong Lee? I think her name is. That's the yes. yes, Bing Bing Lee. Bing Bing Lee. Sorry, Bing Bong. That's ridiculous. Bing Bing Lee. <laughs> um, you got Rain Wilson in it as well, playing the tech billionaire. Yes. And you've got Ruby Rose as well. She plays sort of like the 
Tech Genius, I think she's like a tattoo yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Yep. Um, what do you think, Robert? Straight off the bat, the the first half of this movie, I legit was, I was almost getting ready to walk out the first half. Um, quarter, first half of the movie, but then the second half of the movie, when it actually pulled its shit together and pu- pulled up its socks, it was a fucking good action movie. Enjoy it. I did actually enjoy it. Like, like it, yeah, it was wavering, pulled itself back, finished strong. I was yeah. like, oh, okay, okay. I think the wavering came from. I think the cast seemed to know what the tone of this film was. Yeah, they knew it was dumb and stupid. Yeah, but the director didn't really seem to understand what he was doing with it a little bit. It seemed like his director's tone was a little bit off at times. Yeah, like he was, he was trying to do it at times too seriously. I would have preferred if they got a uh, Bing Bing Lee just to speak in her native tongue. See her trying to speak English. That was horrific. And the, ro- the romance between her, her and Jason Statham did not work. No, it was no. a bit forced. Yeah, it much forced, yeah. yeah it, it was just hitting silly, cliched moments. Like, he's came out the shower looking jacked as fuck. <laughs> and then, like, like, she goes the whole kind of, oh, oh, you know, sneaks out of the room and then has that cheeky look through the window again and you're like, oh, really? Yeah, didn't, didn't really seem to buy it. Um, Actually, like, I, I liked the cast. I thought the cast were mostly alright in it. Yeah, yeah. But like, the director, I thought, looked a bit lost in what he was doing. It was a shame, because like, National Treasure is the same tone. It's just that level of stupidity, but fun. Mm. Um, so some of the set pieces with the shark, yeah. I felt seemed rushed. Yes. Like, it, they didn't know how to build the tension right with them. Aye. Uh, that's what I was going to say. It's like, at no point did that ever get a vibe of... Oh shit! There's, you know, that vibe that like Jaws has and uh-huh. like and uh, Sea. It's like, you know, there's real tension there. But with this movie, you're just about like, all right, there's the shark. Uh huh. Yeah, and then that was that. And then it was a passing moment. And then there was like maybe a wisecracking joke, and then it moved on again. Yeah, there was never you felt that people were in actually any genuine danger. And you feel like oh, this is a film about a giant shark. There's going to be deaths in it, then you can accept that. In this kind of film, you should have maybe played them a bit more for the comedy, yes, them, or the sort of the, the stupidity of them. And you didn't really get that at all in it. I think this movie was it was trying to be serious enough, like Jaws, but it was unfortunately appealing to the market of like say Sharknado and that kind of yeah. B movie esque. But it found itself in this horrible in between stage where it wasn't something like a B-movie Sharknado style yeah. but it wasn't good enough to be over the hill and into like the Jaws and Deep Blue Sea cat uh. so yeah that's where I kind of sat there and thought it is mostly fun though oh, oh it is and it moves relatively quickly as well like it moves at such pace that uh, you're really not noticing the faults until after yeah when you start reflecting on it it's that's when you kind of start going well you know they could have done this a bit better yeah. They talk about these kind of films like if you watch this on a Friday night after a couple of drinks, oh. or in a cinema full of people who've had a few drinks, and it's like in a rowdy cinema, but like good shot to watch then. Yeah, yeah. But you're saying stuff like um, it's not in the Jaws territory, obviously it's not in the Jaws territory. It's not even in the Shallows territory or even 47 metres down. I think they're better shark films. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, 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 sort of, it's solid without being great or even good. Aye, it's. Yeah, it was like. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, uh, it, it was just this weird in between film where, said, like just, I, what did you think of the first half? Like I was struggling with that first. The half. first half I did feel like, even the first thirty five minutes I felt like it felt like, it felt cheap to begin with. Yeah, uh, and also it felt like, like everything felt like it was moving so quickly. I felt like there's no danger here. I felt like everything kind of came together okay. And it just did. It seemed, everything seemed really forced. Aye, um, and I kind of I felt really care. And also, in a film like this, you're just waiting for the shot. 
Yeah. You're like shooting the goddamn shark. Yeah. It's a film called The Meg, and every poster you've seen of it is a giant shark on it. Show me that shark as quickly as possible, let me see it. And Jaws does it better than that, they do they, they hide the shark and that makes it any thriller, but this film is based purely on the fact that Jason Statham fights a shark. Yeah. So let's see some of that early on. Exactly. And you didn't really get that much. Um, like I said, but I thought, like I said, mostly fun, but very disposable. And kind of yeah. they could have been maybe committed one way or the other. Yes. They could have maybe done more like I don't I don't think that's a cast fault. I am aiming it at the director. I think the director struggled with the tone. Okay. I didn't really know how to do the kind of more comical aspect of the film. Yeah. Um but no, like I said, for what I was watching for the hour and forty minutes it's on for. Yeah. If that um I enjoyed it mostly. Um out of ten, what do you give it? I'm gonna give it six. I'm gonna go six and a half. Okay. So it's in the same ballpark. It's only because it finished so strongly. See, it does finish strong, yeah. See if the same kind of tone and pacing and everything from the first kind of like, first chunk, if that had continued on, I think it would be like below five. You know? Yeah. Oh no. If it, the way it started, I've been probably walking out. In fact, you know what? See the I don't know her name, but see the uh, the daughter. Uh huh. She was like one of the best things in it. No, I mean, she also walked out. Said she was like, she that young actress thing of not being annoying. Yeah. She was cute and she was fun, but she wasn't irritating in any way. So I actually really liked her a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but I, I, I think you're right. Six, six and a half. It's sort of it's a solid I th- watch. I think what killed this film. Uh, this is all my opinion, but I think this is what killed it. It's a twelve A. You've got a. It relied. It relied on. I counted two jump scares maybe there might have been more maybe a couple but that's there was two that got me and I was like oh yeah fucker mm. but that was it and I'm like there's not really a lot going on here you know I think this kind of film has got to be a 12 certificate they can't really make it a 15 because that just dilutes they're obviously going to go see this film are 12 year old boys and you know 30 year old boys who would think they're 12 year old boys but you can't take away half your audience so you can't make it a 15 so you've got to make it a 12 yeah. and it was pretty bloodless and for that well to that Seen that we saw it on like a no Tuesday at like three o'clock in the packed cinema. I we seen it. I we we must have seen it on Monday as well, and that was packed as well. Yeah, and so we were like, hmm. that was a meg. So we're both saying about six, six and a half out of ten. Yes. So solid without being spectacular. Uh, Worth a watch, just what? just for the laugh, you know. There's a couple of decent laughs in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, next film we have on the list is one called The Darkest Minds. Yes. Which is the newest film to try and take over the Hunger Games mantle of the franchise. Um, of young teen franchise, yeah, um, directed by Jennifer Yu Nelson, who directed Kung Fu Panda two and three. This, uh, this is her first foray into um, like live action. Yeah. Uh, so the plot of this film is you've got a world where a disease, we think, wipes out ninety percent of children. Yes. But the ones who are left have got powers of varying degrees. Yeah. Some are super smart. Some can control kinetic ability. Some can control electricity. Some of them can change people's minds and they can do telepathic stuff, and all ones can breathe fire, I think, is the yeah. main point that they can do. I was really hoping just for that one kid that wasn't killed but didn't get any real superpowers, he was just left retarded. <laughs> I was just wondering. <laughs> I can't do shit, yeah. <laughs> um, so, and in the film, basically, a couple of kids escape from like, a detention centre where they, where they, I don't hold them because they're scared of them, and they're trying to find a way to a safe camp. And from there, launch some sort of rebellion against what's happened to them. Yeah. That's the basic idea. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, starring um, Amanda Stenberg, who is in the Hunger Games as a young uh, 
Rue, I think her name is in, in Hunger Games. Okay, the young girl in that. I've only ever seen the first Hunger Games. She's in the first one. She's the young, like a young girl that um, cat that's under a wing. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. um, she's also in the film Everything, Everything, which is like a teen softy romance one, which is like you can't go outside. Feel like they have Iris less teen on it. Um, we've also got, do you know who played the doctor in it? Mandy Moore. Teen icon that once was Mandy Moore. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Bradley Whitford comes up in it as yes. Preston, which yeah. I like to see him on screen. Um, and all other very, very good looking people who are supposed to be teenagers, but clearly in their mid 20s. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they always do it. It's the only way to do it. Only do it. So, um, Barry, what do you think of this one? Uh, yeah, it's a good noise. This, this was a software. This, yeah, I agree, I agree. We've spoke in recent weeks about this kind of topic. This movie, to me, it seemed like a Netflix movie. I would, yeah, I would disagree with that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a first draft of an idea, yeah. and Netflix has just chucked money at it. This is where this, this is, this is what I thought all the way through it. It's a movie where I didn't buy the, I didn't buy the premise. No, that's the problem, and that's the problem. I find a lot of these teams, like sort of popular ones, like say Hunger Games yeah. or Divergent and Maze Runner. Yes, like that's why they go like, I doesn't make sense. Why would the world descend into that? Doesn't doesn't function. But anyway, sorry, continue. I I pretty much feel the exact same way because when the kids got out of the camp, uh, that the adults were keeping them in, and they got to that camp that was ran by the kids I always think in these kind of movies it's like you know like everyone is resilient up to a level right you will you will start like finding stuff to look after yourself but like these kids have pretty much forged a whole entire city and you're like well this means to be kind of like can't not end of the world but you know it's like it's kind of in that ballpark things have went off track and you're like where did you get all this stuff from? Like, where, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, here's the thing as well. They're all, they're all actually scared of the kids because they're kids with powers. Yeah. But some when it happens originally, when everyone dies, it's then set five years later. Yeah. So in theory, looking at it, like some of the kids are now like 17, 18, or even 19. But they're all the kids now. Are, some of the kids are, kids are adults now. Yeah. So are they adults with powers now? In that case, are they still scared of them? Yeah. Or are they just did they lose their powers when they eighteen? That never got explained. Um. I just, find, I just thought with this movie, there's just there's better movies that, that deal with this kind of subject matter a wee bit better. Yeah. You know, you've got, you do have the, you've got like the X-Men uh, yeah. origins. Same, uh, yeah, definitely. You know? yeah. And it's essentially like, like, a lot of these kids have got kind of similar powers that you'd expect to see within the X-Men universe. Yeah, totally. So, I was just a bit like, what is this film? Uh -huh. like, it's got a very muddled narrative, yeah. and like the sort of you don't really get the purpose of what's happening and why it's happening. You know, like so, why are you doing this? Why? Like, what, what's the what's the what's the end point of this? What's the what's, yeah. the, what's the goal of it? Um, also, the tone wanders because at one point it's basically a rom, a, a, yeah. romantic, a, a team a rom com kind of thing when she's having you know, the boy or falling in love. It's like well, this adds nothing to the story, and also if you running away from some big evil you're not going to spend time fucking trying to you know at best you're going to quickly bang each other and then get back to business because yeah. it's all just like emotions but, and maybe getting caught up in the whole like, escaping from someone oh. and all that kind of stuff but yeah this the whole like love thing just felt shoehorned I always felt that's like this is how we get kids because we make two young kids who look pretty yeah. make them fall in love and they'll become the new Twilight sort of like teen romance yeah. um, and I did think the girl in it um, Adam Sten Amanda Stenberg was actually really good yeah I think she's got a real 
charm is a real sort of. Like, I, she, I can see her going on and better things. Yeah, yeah, she's better material, but yeah. she's definitely got a, a she's got a appeal on screen. You can definitely see that you've got something about you, but nothing in the film maybe use that. Um, there's two villains in it, maybe three villains, and they're underdeveloped to hell. But the biggest villain in the film is a girl from Game of Thrones. Yes, who's in it for about what two minutes? Aye. Gwendolyn Christie, I mean, is. Aye, and then that's that. She did it for literally two minutes. Aye. And one of the scenes is that she's in a car driving really fast, and you can barely even tell who it is. I know. That was like, that because that bit was weird because I was like, okay, where did you come from? And then it didn't develop. Uh-huh. You know, like, she just pretty much disappeared after yeah. that, and then you're like, well, she seems quite integral to, like... And the, then why would you cast someone such a big actress in that role? To just not use it at all. Yeah. It, it seems so bizarre. It seems like that's maybe been a that there's maybe been a bit there oh. and it's been like left on the floor. Yeah. That's that's what that section felt like. I felt the, the whole opening 20, 25 minutes was like that as well. I felt like they were sort of they've been really told you've you've got to get something in this to make the world feasible to people or something. Yeah. It felt very sort of by committee. And then it sort of changed after that. Um it's the villains very underdeveloped villains. The, the villains that you know, like, I don't really care. nothing about them is actually menacing at all, and they just sort of become caricatured and yeah, very bland and sort of 2D. I just felt like like you can learn very quickly that the kids can be taken down with bullets. So why didn't the adults just go in, go to town with them? Yeah. Either a when they were in the camp or when they were running around in the wild, why didn't they just start getting like some sort of like SES team well, to just start tracking them? And this is what I think you're getting at the end of the film, is the film itself became more concerned with setting up a franchise, setting uh, up its multiple films, that it didn't really concentrate on doing a good one-time film. Yes. So maybe there's a reason why they don't want to kill them. Maybe they're using the kids for something else. Maybe they're using them for camps, or they're using them for... They do hint the fact that they're using them as weapons, some of them, you know, yeah, things. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah yep. So there is something there, but it's so underdeveloped and you don't really know about it. You figure that can come into it later on. And the whole ending, it tries to have this sort of hunger game issue where it's sort of this rebellion then kicking off. You're going, like, I don't care. Yeah. You know, and also, I don't know if these are the good guys at this point in time. No, no. You know, so it's just like, I, I found it very, very dull, very muddled. An opportunity to make something interesting, I feel it was mainly missed. Yeah, but I just, like, it feels like it's like a couple of movies, a couple of ideas from a couple of different movies wedged together and it's came out a turd sandwich. It's came out the colour brown. Yeah, you know, and like you said, it could actually be a, probably a Netflix series. Yeah. You know, like a 10 episode Netflix thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, out of 10, are going to give it? Uh, five, and that's, that's fucking generous. I'm giving it five and a half. Mainly the five because it is competent enough with, like, it, it looks okay. It's not a complete shit show. Um, and the point five because of, I like the young girl in it. I Amanda Stemmer, I think he's really good at it. Like, the bit that I felt like they should have maybe showed you was what happened to the doctor. See, yeah. You? Yeah. Like, that... that person get drafted in then all of a sudden you hear the doctor screaming and then you hear the guard guy going oh we're going to need a new well, doctor I think, I think you get the essence at the end of the film you see what the, the number ones can do so you figure they've done that then yeah. so you think you get that idea but you don't find that out for about 45 minutes yeah. Like. Yeah, but yeah so a bit of a missed opportunity and it's maybe not going to be the next Hunger Games I don't think the problem is it's probably going to get picked up for a franchise that's the annoying thing I don't think so No, I don't think it's doing the business it's, a, it's not a book series, is it? Is, I believe it is, yeah. Uh, Young adult. So that is material there. Oh, no, there is. That's the thing. If you read the books, maybe haven't you read the books? 
this now all makes sense because you go, alright, that's cool, I know what this means now. Yeah, but if you don't know the books, you're going to want to care what's going on or who's happening, what's happening. So that's what I guess you are with it. And probably the people that are reading the books are probably coming back going, that is nothing like, like the, the books. books. Yeah, as yeah. it always is, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was a laugh, that one. Um, last film, I'm literally out of work by like an hour. Um, is a film called The Festival. Yes. Um, British film directed by Ian Morris. Okay. Who directed In Between Us 2 yes. and multiple episodes of that show. Okay. He's also the creator of In Between Us. Okay. Okay. So the plot of this film is Guy breaks up with his girlfriend, or girlfriend breaks up with him on graduation. Sounds like an In Between Us yep. episode right there. So at that point, how many friends decide to go to a festival where they're going to have a great time, have fun, get drunk, find girls. Obviously, when he goes to the festival, guess who's at the festival? The ex-girlfriend is there with all her friends, so you want to try and impress her, blah, blah. Um, at the same time, he finds new love, new life, and so on. Um, starring Joe Thomas, who I didn't recognise him anything, I think he might be in the in-betweeners, I'm not really sure. Is that the main fella? I don't think so, I'm not watching in-betweeners, so I'm not really sure. Oh, sorry, I meant in the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aye, he's from the in-betweeners. Okay, the in-betweeners. Uh, he's best mate played by Hamand Anamashon, I think his name is. Okay. He's, he's actually generally quite decent. Uh, Claudia O'Doherty, who plays the kindly friend. Uh, Nick Frost turns up in it as a big cameo. Nice. Uh, Jermaine Clement from Flight to Concord. Yeah, yeah. He turns up in it as well. Nice. And Noel Fielding from... Uh, yeah. I, I know from IT crowd, but I know he's in the Mighty Bush. Yes, he's in, that's a show. I know from the IT crowd, that's what I know from. The man that lives in the cupboard. Oh, yeah, him. <laughs> um, I honestly, I'm, like I said, I'm putting this out there right at the beginning. I'm not an in-betweener fan, so I've only watched about two episodes and they didn't really bite for me. I know people who do like it and love it, so yeah. I know people have, I know it's got an audience. Do you like in-betweeners? I did. Yeah. But I felt after the second movie, the whole entire franchise was done. Right, okay. It, it didn't need the second movie right okay for me it was it was the TV show was them at school the second the first movie was them leaving school and then going in like, like a lad's holiday right that was that, that was they, it. Should, they should have left it but they rolled out another one and I was like Not and it was it. just same, same tread of water yeah so you know this I haven't seen this film but I feel you probably I, know it already I, I probably would watch it, but just not at the cinema. No, yeah, exactly. You know, I thought the acting generally was pretty cool. I've got to admit, the main fella, he he's one of the weakest links in them between us. Right, you that's know? obvious in this because he's just... he always gets the kind of awkward situation, awkward line, uh, role in the in between us. Right, like, that's pretty much his thing. And for like however many series that show ran for, he was always pining after a giggle. That was his whole entire stick. Right, well, this is much the same, and he's not particularly good at it in terms of like, I didn't really believe him as an actor. And the people in the film alongside him, apart from the two friends, Hammond, can't remember his surname, but he's the mate in it. I, I felt something for him. He yeah. like, that's okay. And the friend you pick up, the, the girl Claudia, um, she's also, she's something about her that's sort of. Cookie and weird, and I quite like her. Everybody else in the film is, a, is just a stereotype. You've got the rich friend, you know, who's a, who's a douchebag. You've got the drunk guy who likes to do drugs and now doesn't know where he is. You've got the ex-girlfriend who's always the, the pixie princess. You close her door, you get up and go, she's like a bitch, man. Then you, you move on from her. And also you've got this shitty best mate of, of 
friend who is also evil, she's just a vapid piece of bond flat, you don't want to get it her, her either. Um, so it does appeal to kind of lowest common denominator of the film. Mm. So it's going for that level of humour. Yeah. Um, so I think in, in between the fans who like the first one and you know films will probably get something out of this. But from what I'm told with in between us, I didn't like it. The feel for me it is actually quite witty and it's quite yeah. uh, sarky at times. It can be quite um, biting in terms of sarcasm. Yeah, that is like genuinely funny moments yeah. in it. But overall it's like, it's... I'm not rushing to ever go back and watch yeah. them between us. Whereas you'll watch back, you'll watch Black Books of IT Crowd oh. or Bush again, again, again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, it's got appeal to the between us fans, but overall, I just found that kind of dull. I just, I just didn't really engage in much. And I did, honestly, I'm putting it out there, I did not expect to engage. It didn't really seem like my type of film, to be honest. It felt like yeah. I love a bit of crude humour. If it's done right, it can be really funny. This really wasn't overly crude, to be honest. You know, you just talk about saying, oh, this place smells like shit. It's like we get a festival, it's going to smell like shit. So yeah. enough. There's nothing not particularly, like, you go, oh my god, that's disgusting, isn't it? You know, it's just all very, very, not to say PC, because it's, it's like, maybe slightly beyond that, but there's nothing to make you go, oh, that is revolting, you know? And even the scenes that are trying to push for that, you're seeing so little in the scene that you don't, you're not even really that put off by it. Aye, so it's a very safe movie. Yeah, the my, but I would take my mum to see it, yeah. but. Certainly, if it was like a date movie, you wouldn't be totally embarrassed by it. Then, like, uh, they, they go for a clerk's two moment at one point with a donkey, but he's a goat instead. Okay, but it's done so quickly and so sort of lazily that you just it doesn't become offensive and or even funny. Yeah. Whereas in clerk's two, it works magnificently. It's insanely funny and it works brilliantly. What's, what's the guy in the, don- in the donkey called again? Kinky Kelly in the 60s. Yes. Stuff. That's what it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, stuff like that, but yeah. it's, done, it's done such a lazy way in this, you don't really, really buy into it at all. Uh, yeah, so, a very, very weak 6 out of 10. Still an alright score to, in, in terms of this week here. Yeah, it's a weird that the Meg is probably the best one we saw this week. Well, that's why it's been doing so well, like especially in the American market. Yeah. But it's probably because it's up against nothing. Yeah, it's came out and it's got the whole entire run at the weekend to yeah. itself. Getting next to nothing out. Now, like, so everything it. that's out and out has been out for like a good chunk of time now. Exactly. So people have seen them. It's, blah, blah, blah. it's pretty much the only August blockbuster, yeah. which is where it's getting all its money from. Um, so yeah, and I, I mean, I didn't really expect to be the case, but like this week, the film we're recommending is The Meg. <laughs> Like I said, it, it's not a particularly like bad movie. No. You know what I mean? It's like you could waste your money in other things. Absolutely. You know, on the festival, for example, or darkest minds. Or darkest minds. Um, but that's it for this week. Next week we've got Sean Sweetman. Very Sean Sweet this week. Um, next week we've got out um, a film called Christopher Robin. Yes. Which is looks like it'll be a heartbreaker. Tissues at the ready, it's everyone. Paddington two level heartbreaking. I feeling. Yeah. I'm sensing. Um, that's out next week. Um, also next week is Equalizer 2, which we reviewed last week, but we might see it. You might go and see it. Yeah, week. I'll probably try and catch it. Um, I just need to see the first one first. If you want to see it, you want to hear what we thought about it, listen to last week's episode, but yes. we'll probably touch on it again next week just to that's quite a, on it. That's quite an early preview that you've seen. Yeah, two weeks before, yeah, yeah it's quite early. Yeah. Um, Usually it's like a couple of days ago. But I would say definitely worth seeing. I really enjoyed it. I'm a big fan of the original and I really enjoyed the second one. Nice. So. You've got to find a dumb, fun action film that has Denzel. Oh. Who doesn't love a Denzel movie? Definitely worth watching. Barry, would you be able to find us? Yeah, sure. You can find us on all social medias at Three Beers in a Movie. And if you want to email Colin and keep him entertained, it's 
uh, three beers in a movie at gmail.com Colin will be back one day we promise once the Russians have let him go yes <laughs> yeah. but for now I've been Richard you've been Barry and you must too three beers in a movie